Behind the leaders that helped to shape our lives. Behind the scenes stories of the struggles, the victories, the fears, and the sin. Beyond Sunday Morning, Beyond the Pulpit. This week on Beyond the Pulpit, we speak with Pastor Doug Bergsma, teaching pastor at City Church Rockford. Right in the midst of it all, when I was just getting ready to maybe plant a church, and maybe I, I think it's time for me to do this, my wife and daughter and the family dog get killed in a car accident. And I had this golden life with a textbook marriage that everybody wants. And everything was beautiful. And yeah. suddenly the whole world got ripped out from our new and Beyond the Pulpit. Great to be here with Pastor uh, Doug Bergsma, uh, lead pastor, teaching pastor at City Church Rockford. What a pleasure to have you with us today, Doug. You bet, Tom. Enjoy being here. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. So um, just getting into things, uh, you've been at City Church for how long? I think it's 22 years now. 22 years? Going on 22 years, yeah. Yeah, that's not where you started, though, right? You you got your start... uh, um, being a pastor a, a lot earlier than that. How, how did how did you uh, get into this calling? I mean, how did you know this is where God wanted you to be, and, and, and how did you make that step? I knew it for ever since I was a very young man. Uh, I knew the call was on my life. I ran from it, though, the first 20 years or so. Didn't embrace it, but always had that sense and people around me had it too, and uh, I was even questioned on it, like, "Why are you being this way when you should be that way?" Oh, people and called so, you out. Oh, they called me out because <laughs> they saw a calling, yeah, uh, too. Even though I wasn't walking in it in any way, but I did grow up in a ministry home. My dad was a uh, uh, Christian Reformed pastor with uh, some real recognition. Uh, he was uh, one of the fathers of the charismatic full gospel movement in West Michigan. Wow. Here. Started a ministry called Crossroads, which was a pretty large group of ministers who were all embracing the new move of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and uh, adding that to the foundational things that we all believe uh, in multiple denominations. And um, and that's around the time I came in, got serious with God, turned my life over to, to the Lord completely, began to follow him. I... Uh, when he founded Maranatha Ministries, he left the Christian Reformed Church, founded Maranatha Ministries. That's a big step. That was a big step. Yeah. It was a complete faith move. And uh, I watched him do it, and I was on that journey. So I saw him let go of a lot of security and go for broke. And I think that same kind of DNA is in me. And uh, so I was there from day one. I was a, a musician, and so I was a worship leader. And... Um, Everything he did, I did it with him. Uh, we taught uh, spiritual gifting classes and how to receive and walk in the spirit-filled life. Then he started Maranatha Ministries. I was the music director, and uh, it grew to be about five or six hundred people. Okay, eventually close to a thousand people. Wow. Maybe I don't know. I don't remember the exact numbers, but we we ended up building a facility and everything like that. And then in the midst of everything, uh, my father died, dropped dead. Hmm. Uh, mowing the lawn and uh, I was 23 at the time and uh, because I was a young Bible teacher uh, and leading some of the home groups and things like that I took over some of his teaching midweek and on Sunday responsibilities and I began preaching and teaching quite a bit as well as leading worship so even though I was running a business and raising a family I ended up from very early age embroiled in ministry because of that. First of all, the roots of working with my father for 
a number of years. Sure. And then I, so I cut my chops with Maranatha Ministries as a young Bible teacher, a teaching elder, or music director. And uh, that went on for a period of about 15 to 17 years. And that's where I really cut my teeth and in the ministry. And of course, uh, ran a business to boot. But then, of course, uh, um, that's how I got, that's my backstory of, of doing that. And uh, uh, that's where I cut my teeth and embraced my calling. But then I always wanted to be in full-time ministry, too, and go for it with everything I had. But that pathway was closed to me. Really? Yes, it was closed to me. Why? Um, here's what's interesting. I had multiple chances to go into ministry, start churches. Sure. I mean, raging opportunities, but the Lord, uh, I felt like I was in a harness and I wasn't free to do so because to do so, I would have had to violate people who depended on me in the areas I was flowing and working. I would have to step on some people to do it. I would have to jump out of my lane to do it. Right. I was in this harness in this lane. And as I, I understand what Paul said, I'm a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means there's a will of God for our life. And we can't just do what we want, when we want, how we want. So you knew it wasn't time yet. It wasn't time, even though people were even going, hey, how come you don't do this? How come yeah. you And I wanted to. Sure. I was in this harness, and I really am a relationship person. So I will not violate my relationships with people and walk on them to do what I want to do. You had the desire. You knew the calling was there. You yeah. just knew it wasn't time to step into it full time yeah. yet. And, um, and, uh, Maranatha Ministries uh, eventually chose, the the elders chose a different direction than what I was comfortable with. Hmm. But without any church splits or anything, I felt released from that ministry. And I went over with Pastor Dwayne Vanderclock from Resurrection Life Church. We were boyhood friends, went to Bible college together. And uh, I began to work there in overseas ministries and crusades and worship leading, playing in the band. And for seven years, we did that. And then... Uh, right in the midst of it all when I was just getting ready to maybe plan a church and talking with Dwayne yeah. uh, about, hey, maybe I, I think it's time for me to do this. My wife and daughter and the family dog get killed in a car accident. And I had this golden life with a textbook marriage that everybody wants. And everything was beautiful. And yeah. suddenly the whole world got ripped out from our new and everything that I thought that I planned on doing got upended. <laughs> You so know, your, your wife, your daughter, how, how old was she? At my, the time? She was 10 years old. 10 years old. Yep. Never sinned in her entire life. Yeah. And, uh, and my wife was just one amazing, she was the assistant Dean of women at Christ for the nation's Institute. And, uh, she was mentored by the uh, granddaughter of Charles Parham where the Holy spirit fell in Topeka, Kansas in the beginning of the early in the beginning of the 20th century when there was a renewal and she was mentored by her. She was an intercessor. I relied on her. We had everything, and it was all gone. And and then my, uh, my two sons got married all within six months, and my daughter went off to. Uh, I, she, all of a sudden, she she jumped off the bottom rung of the ladder because she was angry with God. This is your other daughter, my other daughter Carly. Yeah, yeah. she got very angry with God, and she tried to see how far away from God she could get. She embraced the lowest things you could imagine because she had a fight with her mom and sister the day they died, came home, they were dead, no resolve, cried herself to sleep for a year and uh, wrote letters and put them in their casket. But she, this dark pain in her soul, just she went, 
she ran away from God. So here I am suddenly with one little 13-year-old boy who had lost his sister, the family dog, homeschooled, and his mom, living in a four, in a in a huge, beautiful home. It was emptier than empty, and the whole world changed. And so, so, <laughs> so one of one of your sons got married. You're here alone now with your 13-year-old boy. Uh, your your daughter, uh, surviving daughter, is now running away from God. Yep. And in uh, your world is just turned upside down. Yep. And so at that point, at that point, you look at your life. Everything is seems empty and worthless. I was successful. I was a businessman in the yeah. music business. Sure. I had a beautiful home. I had a sports car. I had a, a nice SUV. I had everything a guy wants, a good marriage and family. And suddenly I walked out, I looked at it all, all of it without the loves and the relationships you have in your life that are valuable. It's all junk. It's all trash. Uh, and I just felt, I felt completely, uh, well, hit a wall. All yeah. the things I was planning on doing and being got put on hold. My whole life changed. And uh, that was a very challenging, formative time. Uh, and um, I would say in, in ministry, even where I'm at now, at you'll come into periods, anybody who wants to be a minister or a real servant of God, whether it's in the pulpit or whatever, you're going to run into opportunities and obstacles that will challenge what you feel called to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, God's not the author of death and pain and everything else, but he doesn't stop everything that comes our way. And how we navigate it really weeds out the, the the men from the boys yeah, absolutely. and helps you refocus. I had to find a place in God and in my calling that I had to set my face like a flint, like it said when Jesus was going to go to the cross. Uh, I can't compare myself to that, but I, re I remember what that felt like. It goes, I will not let go of God. I will not stop serving him or his people, and I'm going to hang on to God but I went from thrive to survive. You didn't follow. You didn't. You didn't fall away, though. You didn't curse God. I, you didn't. Oh no! In fact, um, I actually clung to God with everything that I wow. had, and but I did go from thrive to survive mode. Yeah, and I found that clinging to God um, in thrive or survive, perseverance and patience, which is endurance. Clinging to God is one of the key things. In, in ministry and in a life that glorifies God. I mean, I hung to God's people. I let people help me. Yeah. I'm a kind of guy that doesn't like people to help me. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm a self-made man. Sure. Not anymore. Yeah. But I, I don't, I don't, you know, and so I just let people love me. I let people help me. Wow. I relied on people. And all of a sudden, this guy who's always working the room, mm -hmm. I'm a guy, I can work a whole room with one hand tied behind my back. Right. But I'm always thinking of the next thing I'm going to do while I'm listening to somebody suddenly. And even though I may do a little of that now, suddenly I became interested in people in their personal lives. I suddenly heard people. I saw mm. people because when I became acquainted with their pain and they helped me, something in me changed. And I think it helped make me a much better pastor than anything I was before. I, I, I care right. in, in a new way. And I don't mind slowing down and I don't mind being weak and helpless and needing you or needing someone. And I think that worked at kind of a humility that you, you, as you cling to God and a weakness, then you understand. He goes, your strength is made perfect in weakness. I found a strength 
in God reliance that I didn't have in self reliance. Well, you, you you needed people. Yeah, more. I needed them, and so, I needed God in people, and and in my weakness, I think I found a new strength. <laughs> do you remember during that time? I mean, did, did God speak anything to you? Was was there? You know, do you remember just a moment where you just heard Him say, "Hey, Doug, this is what's going on. Here's what I need you to do." Um, this is how you're going to survive this. Was there anything like that? No. Or was it all through God's people? No, no, very much so. Anybody who's a minister, you would talk, I think this is the theme of this life behind the pulpit. Sure. Anybody that's going to do anything, whether it's pulpit or ministry, anything for God, has to learn one big thing. And they have to learn to rely and know how to go to God, the burden barrier, how to, how to go to him yeah. as your source of strength and rely on him. It's a, it's, it's a God art that comes through experience. But sure. when David uh, made some compromises, he ended up losing his wife and all this stuff at Ziklag. If some of you people who are listening know the story of David and how he lost everything. Mm-hmm. And even his own people wanted to stone him. It says David, and they wept till they couldn't stop crying. It says David, it says, encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Mm-hmm. And he found strength. And then the second thing he did is said, God, what do you want me to do? Should I go after, continue to go? Should I go after what I lost? Right. And God said, yes, go. And so I, I've learned that even because people will still let you down. I've learned how to let God to cast my care on the Lord and how to let him comfort me and how to find strength in him. I, I know how to go to God. I've learned how through weakness mm-hmm. and sometimes that works with people but bottom line a guy sometimes a minister is in a lonely place right he, he's he's not he's in a different place as a leader and so you need to go to to god and find and encourage yourself and in him and find strength in him and so that's a one thing everybody who wants to go the distance has to learn to do and i did that i went to job and i think i'm sure yeah i went to job uh, my my the empty king size bed looked like the size of a football field, and uh, life was was horrible. And but I went straight to God. I didn't complain. I worshipped Him. It's the old David when he lost his kid. Uh, he worshipped God and took a shower, mm-hmm. and he said, "You know, by the way, every man, every man who wants security in a family, you want your wife and your kids and." Everyone you know, you want them secure and they're locked in the arms of eternity in a different dimension. I had to let them go. I had to dust myself off and go, thank you, Jesus, that for all the ages to come, they're with you in your everlasting arms and you are going to strengthen and encourage me. And, and so that was, that was a huge thing for me. I stayed close to God. I worship God with the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord thing. And it's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I just knew to do that because he's good and it was a key and that's not me bragging. That's me hanging on like Jacob did at Jacob right. and said, I am just not going to let you go till something changes. <laughs> yeah. And you talk about your kids and you talk about, you know, uh, just their, their life after losing their mother um, and, and you uh, being there for them, how, how, how were you there for them? How did you give them hope through this, through this time? What I did is I felt like, and, and no one's perfect as we know, but sure. I felt like I tried to set an example yeah. of a man who looks to the Lord in everything. 
and looks at every situation. Uh, there's a verse in the Bible that says, brothers, it's God at work in you to will and do his good pleasure. I think everything that comes our way, whether it's a difficult situation, a bad relationship, horrible circumstance, abuse, anything that comes our way, uh, we can go, okay, everything that's happening here is to drive me to Christ, to form the nature of Christ in me. So bring out the lines and heat up the fire. I'm going to wrap my arms around this. I'm going to squeeze every ounce of grace and life and learning out of it that I can yeah. because nothing happens by accident. Right. And, and you know, it's funny. Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us, right? Yeah. He's our pattern. Sure. And so as he is, so are we in the world. But I believe uh, this is a theory, not a doctrine, so I'm not teaching it like an absolute, but okay. I believe that the believers who have gone on behind have a role as well, like the cloud of witnesses in Hebrews. Mm -hmm. They're in the grandstands. They know what's going on. My wife was such an intercessor. I, I wouldn't doubt that God said, you know what? I need you praying from this side with twice the power you're praying from that side for this man's ministry, for what this thing's going huh. on. And just like Jesus, who is our pattern, he's their pattern as well. And he, they intercede and they cry out and they pray. How do I know that she and my mother and my father and all those on the other side aren't there by the will of God to pray for what's going on on earth and that they're still fully engaged in a different dimension? So that's a beautiful picture. Doug. It's a beautiful picture. And I, even though it's a theory, yeah. I think there's a scriptural basis for it because Christ is our pattern yeah. and that's what he's doing there. Yeah. And so I, uh, bottom line is I'm, I just, you know, what's really cool too. Anybody who goes through any situation, if we will find the grace of God in our circumstance and not evade it, most people try to avoid every bad thing that comes their way. Sure. Instead of navigate it and find the grace of God in it. Because pain is not comfortable. It's not comfortable. No. But that pain is designed to kill the old nature and cause us to look and focus on God. And and anybody that does that, I don't know how long it's going to take, they will have a breakthrough. Yeah. And I'll never forget six, seven months of agony, putting one foot in front of the other. One day, yeah, that I had this I had this breakthrough driving down the road, listening to CSG, by the way, <laughs> listening to a worship song on CSG, yeah. singing, driving down uh, Port Sheldon Road in my convertible with the top down. Mm. The sun was shining and the music was playing. I don't know. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I think or Matt Redmond or something was playing. All I know is suddenly it seemed like the gray cloud that was over my life burst wide open and just sunshine and suddenly my past was behind me wow. and an excitement about new adventure sure. and a future just flooded me that's great and i was so on fire like a young man who just got a contract playing for the nfl <laughs> i was going and i was able to experience what we let go of our loved ones. We let go and we put things behind us. But then there's the actual experience of a breakthrough mm -hmm. where you experience what you, with your mind, will, and emotions did because you had to. I broke into the clear and began a whole new pathway and continued on. I did never lose sight of ministry. I continued on. I ran as hard as I could and stayed as close to God as I could. And I didn't mope or feel sorry for myself. Um, uh, that there's time there's grieving there is, and I've shared it. Grief shares. I wrote a book called the dark side of faith. Yeah. What happens when both shoes drop? Where's God in it all? And how do you build hope and go on? 
to even greater levels, higher levels than you were before. And it's, it's a good book. And I was told not to name it the dark side of faith. Yeah. Because they said, that's a real negative thing. And I said, well, I'm sorry, there's some serious pain. Yeah, absolutely. We're baptized into his death, and God basically wants to kill you. He wants to kill everything in you that was worldly, fleshly, Mm -hmm. and build his nature in you. And it's painful. So what's the dark side of faith? Every painful dealing of God through life and circumstance that you have to go through to become like him and do what he's called you to do. And you think that this tragedy with your wife with your daughter um even the dog was a major part of that transformation in your life getting rid of the old man it was a catalyst it was a catalyst a catalyst for weakness because i'm a very strong dynamic driving kind of guy yeah and i'm still full of energy like that but i think my ambition has been replaced by zeal uh-huh. which is different than ambition right and i'm not i wasn't it's flooded. a godly ambition it's in it? a godly ambition yeah and 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 sometimes we don't know the difference. Yeah. But something good happened in all of that. Sure. And the Bible says patience. It says patience, if you're going to be a man of God in the pulpit, patient endurance, the apostle said, is what you need now. It says that after having done the will of God, you received the promise. And he said, let patience have its perfect work, mm. that you will be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. So I believe the key to truly becoming and doing all God's called you to do is just hanging on like Jacob did and saying, I'm not going to win this wrestling match, but I'm not going to let go till you yeah. bless me. <laughs> <laughs> and like Jacob, uh, like Job, uh, did, did you see another magnificent side of, of, of this story? Is, 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 is there something amazing that has happened to you that, oh, that you oh, say, yeah. well, this has been redeemed? Oh, yes. And then, of course, I was single for two years. And here's the thing. God knew what I need. Every one of my sons is a, is a dynamo. They're all in ministry. That's great. Uh, worship leaders, pastors, men's sure. directors, musicians, worship. It's just crazy. And my daughter, by the way, yeah. um, she came to the end of herself. She did. On the floor of her apartment. Wow. Um, she was uh, just wasted, just wasted. And... Uh, she said, Jesus, if you'll still take me back, I'm at the end of myself, and will you take me back? I, I, I want to be your daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, the grace of God flooded her. The peace of God flooded her. She was wow. completely wasted and inebriated, and she became completely sober. In that moment. Yeah, in that moment. She left her life. She left her friends. Uh, she moved out of the city where she was working, yeah. and she came and lived with us for a year. Oh, and then great. she joined One Hope, the Book of Hope International, and became a missionary. She ended up being a response team leader and went to 25 countries, won people to Christ all over the globe. <laughs> I, I was in a women's prison with her preaching in, I think it was, was it Bolivia? Or nor in Poland, I, uh-huh. I can't remember. I was, and she went and preached in a women's prison, shared her story of of the depths that she fell to in the grace of God. And um, when they did a, a ministry call for salvation to turn your life over to Jesus, sure, eight hundred women in there raised their hands, amazing, and asked Jesus into their heart, and they were clawing through the bars at her when they left just to touch the grace of God that was in her life. So amazing transformation with her. That just, uh, just crazy. Yeah. Uh, They made videos about some of that, uh, uh, an anorexic model who was about, who's suicidal, who 
completely was transformed and they made a national they made a video of it and used to send it all over the place so i love my daughter carly she's dynamite <laughs> and uh all my kids but see you i'm i'm a little add i can jump off in many directions you said how did this affect uh the further thing i god knew what i needed in 20 some years of my life in marriage and raising a family and in prayer and intercession, he sent me that lady. But then he sent me my wife, Karen. I was single for two years. And while I was doing in crusades in India, one of the gals from our church who was in a prayer team who was single, never been married um, through a series of circumstances that we won't discuss now. Mm -hmm. It was this kind of story you could write. uh, It'd make a, it would make a much better movie than the cheesy Hallmark movies we see. Uh, but it was quite the love story. Yeah. And we were happily married. And um, turns out that my wife, Karen, is a dynamo when it came to admin and being a systematizer and having her ducks lined up. She helped me plant this church, city churches right now. In its early years, she was my administrator. She was in children's ministry. She was in sure. women's ministry. She was in Sunday school and youth. And she just helped me. She was in a different, she was a different kind of gal with a different set of gifts. That's amazing. And uh, the story of my son Carter now, who is now 14 years old, even though I'm a, a, a veteran, older minister, I got a 14-year-old son, uh, amazing musician, godly young man and so i'm having a time of my life (laughs) and uh yeah and she helped me plant uh city churches um and uh that church is now blown up and we have four different campuses in four different towns and i find myself now uh, you always say what does a minister do well first you, you grow up into the grace of god where you become enough that god can use you you build up a ministry to a certain point with vision and empowering people. But at a certain point you end up serving your vision yeah. and releasing others and getting behind them instead of fronting them. And that's a new experience too. So we're having a lot of, a lot of fun. Life is full of challenges and um, uh, it's not easy. Men and women of God are targets of the enemy. Mm-hmm. We need to know that uh, we need to know that we need to stay very serious about our faith, stay close to God and, uh, we're on a clean ship, and um, life is hard. Life is challenging, but so rewarding, so rewarding as well. What a privilege to be able to, to to labor in God's vineyard in a leadership role. It's it's crazy. And that sounds like the thread through all of this. You remained faithful to God, uh, even though life was throwing you some of the hardest challenges that a man can go through. But I think your faith and your love for the Lord and uh, your love for people— um, and the vision God gave you stayed strong through it all. And that is just a testament, I think, to his faithfulness. It is. And here's the thing. That's all true what you said. But then I remember the verses like Paul, and I really believe this because of the weakness and things that I've experienced. Mm. I can really say with Paul, even though I can't compare myself to him, he says, Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Yeah. He says, I worked harder than all of you. Well, I can't say that, but I worked hard. Yeah. And he says, but yet not I, but the grace of God in me. Mm. So in the end, the grace of God, which calls us, yeah. empowers us, sure. and preserves us in time of trouble and sustains us, it's the grace of God that we that makes us worship. It makes us weak, makes us dependent. Yeah. And it forms us into till like Paul said, and everything else is junk 
and I I just want to know him yeah. and become conformed to his death. That and 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 so those are I, I yes I've been able to, but it's the grace of God I believe that enabled me to do go the distance. There's just no credit you can take. And and that that kind of. Uh that that grace that you talk about, I mean, that's contagious. I, I've seen you preach uh, many times, and and uh, and and that that knowledge of God in your life is so real um, that you can't help but walk away from a teaching, maybe or a sermon that you give, and say, "Yeah, God, God's at work in this room. I see that. I sense that." And uh, uh, you're you're rooted and grounded in him and and by his grace i'm sure yeah and and it that's what gets all the credit and that just just you can't take any and the last thing i would say if i was going to make, make say one thing to our audience or to anybody who's listening to this to me one of the key areas um in the pulpit or of any kind of ministry uh that wants to do go to this and serve god is to be a person that's unoffendable mm unoffendable yeah and to do that means you have to the grace of god one of the main aspects and provisions of grace is forgiveness and so we have to walk in forgiveness unconditional forgiveness towards everyone and be absolutely unoffendable that's one of my greatest challenges uh and i see ministries and ministers either fall fail or get discouraged if it's not a moral ethical thing it's a an offense and the inability through bitterness or being hurt or broken to not forgive, truly forgive, and move beyond that place. And so, because you will get a chance, if you're going to be a minister, you will get a chance to get offended left and right. And if you take it personally uh, and don't navigate it with forgiveness, uh, whoever that is will become a casualty. But if you forgive, what will happen is instead of being a sponge who soaks up all the pain and bitterness and lets it affect you, you become a catalyst. Yeah. And the forgiveness and the grace that's in you will actually uh, be passed on to others. And so, yeah, just challenge everybody. That's one of the greatest ministry blocks in the pulpit is the ability to become offended, bitter. And a lot of people, well, I, they don't quit, but they level off and they just cruise mm-hmm. instead of thriving. Their focus is surviving and ministering out of a survival mode versus a thrive mode. Yeah. It doesn't work without killing you it will kill you eventually <laughs> well thanks for sharing your heart today and, yeah. and your life and uh god bless you and, and your ministry uh pastor doug bergsma city church rockford thanks for going beyond the pulpit with us today and tom thank you i love listening to you on the station and love that you're part of city churches in fact uh <laughs> it's an honor to have you in the in the mix so god bless you as well in csg beyond the pulpit Beyond Sunday morning, behind-the-scenes stories of the struggles, the victories, the fears, and the sin. Behind the leaders that help to shape our lives. This podcast and its content are designed and intended to provide a place for conversation. Topics and advice covered in this podcast should not be taken as professional medical advice or emotional or spiritual counsel. If you or a loved one needs professional help, they should seek a licensed professional. The views covered and discussed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of WCST Radio or Cornerstone University. Ideas presented are not necessarily endorsed by WCST Radio or Cornerstone University.